It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com I think the first person on this old reality thing, a female that I've met in the seven or eight years that I was there, the smartest female on the show is Kenya. Woo! That's very controversial. So wait, you're saying the smartest woman in reality TV that you've met is Kenya Moore. By far. Stay tuned. We'll get into my conversation with Peter Thomas right after these quick ads. Welcome to Reality with the King. It's me, Carlos King, the king of reality TV and one of the most sought-after executive producers in reality television with over 10 years of production experience. Twice a week on Reality with the King, we'll sit down with my friends across the entertainment industry, recap our favorite reality shows and revisit unforgettable moments that we are still talking and tweeting about. Hey, Raindrops. Today's guest on Reality with the King is someone who I consider the number one greatest house husband of all time. I'm talking about my dear friend, the man, the myth, the messy legend, the one and only Peter Thomas from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. So look, guys, I met Peter season three of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. And when I say to you, I knew he was a star. He knew he was a star, girls and boys. And together, we were a great team. Peter, to me, is the male NeNe Leaks. So y'all know my story, right? When I told you guys that I made NeNe Leaks the number one greatest housewife of all time, I told you guys that it was love at first sight when NeNe and I met. Child, when Peter Thomas and I met, baby, it was a match made in messy boy heaven. So look, in this conversation, Peter and I talk about his stint on the show, how Cynthia sued him, child. <laughs> After their divorce, how he felt that Nene Leakes was intimidated by him when he first got on the show, how he, Todd, and Apollo almost got into a physical fight recently, and then he talks about how some real housewives of Potomac ladies came to his bar in Miami and set it off like Vivica. Baby, this is a conversation for the books. Without further ado... Here is Carlos King and Peter Thomas. 
Atlanta Housewives has presented some of the greatest husbands in reality TV history. And you are also, Peter, I also named you one of my favorite all-time greatest reality stars. I haven't done that full list yet, but just know you're also on that. How does it feel to know that the king of reality TV has crowned you the greatest house husband of all time? <laughs> I don't know how to take it. You know what I'm saying? That mean I did a good job, Carlos King. That mean I did a great job. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> I mean, look, I think you're a legend. So one thing about my listeners is they love to hear backstory as it relates to like, how did this person get started? What happened to this person, you know, when they left the show? So I want to start by asking you, look, you and Cynthia came on The Real Housewives of Atlanta season three, yeah. along with Phaedra and Apollo. So before all of that, you were like this power executive who was rubbing elbows with the Hollywood elite. You were responsible for this amazing conference called How Can I Be Down? Let's go, Brandy, in Miami, Florida. And Cynthia at that time was like this very respected supermodel. Yeah. And you two brought celebrity to the franchise. So what made you guys go into doing this show? Did you do this show because Cynthia wanted to do it? No, well, Cynthia did not want to do the show. She knew nothing of the show. I was I was running um upscale subclub restaurant in Atlanta at the time called Uptown. And one of the cats that worked for me, uh, he told us about the show and that they were casting. And I looked into it. And, I, you know, she, to me at that point, Cynthia was, you know, declining as a print model. You know, the, 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 the business was changing. She had, just, she had just moved to Atlanta to be with me. And when I looked at the show, she was scared. You know, those are not our typical friends, you know what I'm saying? So she didn't want to do it. She was terrified. And I think the, one of the, the executive producers at the time, they knew who Cynthia Bailey was. Uh, they were fans. And, they, you know, like they just, you know, say, yo, you should talk about who you are. You've seen much more places than most of these people. They found out she used to date Russell Simmons. You know, she had a kid with Leon, the actor. You know what I'm saying? So dude, there's so much. It was so deep with her. And she was dating me at the time, which, yeah, when you mentioned I... I'm the one who created How Can I Be Down Music Conference. You know, I executive producer the Source Awards on UPN. I've done some stuff. I've worked at Def Jam as a consultant for years. You know, so I've been in the industry for a while. So they thought it was would be a great dynamic, you know, people that have real careers to come on the show. You know, not just people who's pretending to have careers in the industry. You know, so they thought it was a cool idea for us to come on to the show. And I had to talk her into it. And the second time, the first time they taped her, it didn't really, she wasn't impressive. But, you know, I sat her down and said, yo, you got to tell these people who the fuck you are. You know what I'm saying? Stop playing, you know? And she went in. You know, she you know, she talked about her trips to Monaco and meeting the prince and all type of shit. And it, and it came together real quick for her. So when Cynthia first came on the show, Peter is right. We taped tons of footage to really make sure if you're worthy of holding that coveted peach. Cynthia wasn't amazing when she first got on. It took her a minute. No shade. We all love Peter. We knew that Peter Thomas was a star. I remember being around you and Cynthia in those earlier tapings, and you definitely was like the uncredited producer that season, 
because you used to coach and prep Cynthia. Yeah. I think I did that for like at least three years. Not three. <laughs> One thing I don't think people know about you, you also dated some very famous women. One of them being Nia Long and Peppa from Salt and Peppa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two Scorpios. <laughs> What was it like dating those women back in the day, Peter? Because they were the it girl of black Hollywood. Well, Nia's, uh, damn, both of them are island girls, you know? Uh, that probably was born in New York, Brooklyn, both of them, I believe. Peppa was fun. She's adventurous. She she likes challenge. She likes to challenge you. She like, you know, Peppa's like a tomboy. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was fun, you know, traveling the world with Peppa. Uh, Nia, on the other hand, she was real soft. She was nice. She's, um, feisty at the same time. Like to fight if somebody stepped to her. She's a Brooklyn girl. You know what I'm saying? I didn't see them the way people see them. I just see, I, I didn't see them from the, the perspective of how big they were as, uh, stars at the time. It's just people that I was kicking it with. Two really good people. Now, what was interesting is Regina King was on Watch What Happens Live years ago. It was the episode where her and Jack Gay got sloppy drunk. And Andy mentioned Peter Thomas, and she gave this great reaction about, oh, honey, we all know Peter Thomas. I mean, Peter, we talk about Oscar Emmy winner Regina King. So, like, did you and Regina date too? No, we never dated. Her, her, her husband was a friend of mine. And, um, you know, Ian was a friend of mine. We was in the music industry together. So, like, I, when I live in L.A., uh, Regina and Ian and little Ian, who just passed, made he rest in peace. Her only child used to be friends with my daughter, Blaze. They all used to do sleepover. I used to go to Regina's house to pick up Blaze, or Regina would come to my house to pick up little Ian. And we all used to go out and hang out together on dates, like double dates when I was dating Juanita at the time. Blaze's mom. We used to, I used to live in Beverly Hills at that time. So going back to Atlanta Housewives, when you was a part of that show, you obviously had a very integral storyline into the show. And I will go on record as saying you were a part of the reason why that show became a hit. You were the only person. <laughs> Besides Kenya, you were not afraid of Nene. Obviously, husbands at that time were more background players. What made you stand out and go toe-to-toe with one of the queen bees of reality television? Well, I mean, we was on the show, and, you know, like, she, she got a reckless mouth. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people just didn't even want to be in that to tape with her because they feel like they're never going to win that scene. You know, I couldn't wait to take with her because she talked way too much shit. You know what I'm saying? I know Cynthia was kind of afraid of her, to be honest with you. You know, like the guys was the guys were never significant. You know what I'm saying? The guys was just there. And I'm like, why they call the show the Atlanta Housewife if they don't really want to um show the, the guy's personality. They've been making sense to me. And I believe I had a, a couple of conversations with you about it, and, and you got what I was saying, and you start in, in, you know, introducing the guys more and, and make the guys participate more. And that's when people actually got interested in their show. You know what I'm saying? And, and Apollo and I, the first time we met, we were going to fight because, you know, his wife was saying, I say some shit that some interview I did with Uptown Magazine and they asked me what I think about the girls. And I was just being honest. You know what I'm saying? And she was offended. Maybe because I didn't like her from day one. Never did. You didn't like Phaedra day one. Why is that? I, I, just, I think she. I think she's the kind of person who throw the rock and hide her hands. 
You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, this chick is messy as hell because <laughs> she would throw the rock out of her hands and then push Portia to go do her dirty work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That shit is crazy. Oh, Peter, you about to make Black Twitter go crazy. So I became the showrunner season six. I became the executive producer of the show season six. Mm -hmm. You and I had a conversation, and me and Todd Tucker had a conversation, and even Apollo, I think, at the time. We all said, it's important that the men have a voice. And you made Cynthia interesting. Apollo made Phaedra interesting. And because of Todd Tucker, Candy's storyline became more interesting. We got a chance to see Mama Joyce at her glory because of Todd. And in my opinion, Todd being a part of Candy's world really made her storyline fascinating because Todd came in as a producer and you and Apollo really were so entertaining to watch that I made the executive decision and I got in a lot of trouble for this. I made sure that you men taped scenes together and that we did more couples events. And because of that is the reason why I created Love and Marriage. Because I strongly believe people like to see men and women have conversations. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that started with you and I talking. I definitely think so. There's so much more dynamics when you put the, the husband in play. More men and women would watch the show together. Before, it was just a lot of women watching the show. And the ratings, we could clearly see how the ratings jump when the three of us got into it. You know what I'm saying? Got into the show and started. And you start showing the guys more. And that makes a lot of the girls upset, too, because they were taking camera time away from them. You know what I'm saying? That's why Nene told me to stay out, stay, stay out of woman business. Why, nigga? Because I'm taking more camera time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got some shit I want to promote, too. You know? She didn't like that shit at all. You know what I'm saying? It's called the Housewife of Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? And we are relevant. Just you giving me a, just like a little push, I ran with it. You know what I'm saying? It's like every time I need to open her mouth and say some reckless shit, you know, you guys have us all wired up. You know what I'm saying? So you can hear our mumbling in the background like, yo, go, yo, take the camera to Peter. Ask him how we feel about what just happened. And I couldn't wait to tell y'all motherfuckers how I feel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they hated me for that shit. But it was some real shit. It makes people really want to watch the show. No, and what's interesting too, Peter, behind the scenes, what people don't know is Cynthia used to be mad at you. Yeah. For what she felt like you were taking away scenes from her and making the scenes about you and interfering in her relationship with Nene. I thought that was the dumbest shit ever. Because I think the whole... The whole purpose why we was on the shit is because of the money that they was paying her and the exposure that we were getting as a couple. So the more we tape, either myself or her, because they never was going to tape me by myself. It's always in our house with her there and her and I talking about it. But like when the cameras are gone, she felt the wrath of what was coming next from the girls. Like, you know, especially Nina. Her and Nina, I used to wake up every morning there on the phone. I used to go to bed every night on there on the phone. I'm like, yo, why why are you talking to the enemy? You know what I'm saying? She's gonna like talk you out of whatever we're doing. She I think Nina used to probably used to talk to uh Cynthia that much to tell her to check me. Oh. Tell Peter to sit down, stand down. I'm like, why? Now people wanna watch this shit. It it happened quick. And a lot of them didn't know how to deal with it. I think the first person on this old reality thing, a female that I've met in the seven or eight years that I was there, the smartest female on the show is Kenya. Woo! 
That's very controversial. So wait, you're saying the smartest woman in reality TV that you've met is Kenya Moore. By far. Tell me why. Because she gets this shit. You know what I'm saying? She doesn't take it personal. She understands that this is a job. You know what I'm saying? She understands that in real life, most of these people she would never be friends with. You know what I'm saying? And she understands what comes along with with uh, being on camera on television. You know what I'm saying? I remember once uh, uh, we asked, uh, I think myself or Cynthia asked Tyler Perry uh, about this reality stuff. And they said, yo, whatever you do, stay on TV if you want to be successful. You know what I'm saying? Make sure that the camera loves you and make sure that you utilize it to the full potential. And I only had to hear him say that once. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, wow, this shit is a business. I love the way uh, Kenya look at it. Kenya look at it as a business. I remember Kenya, we used to, first of all, it's not scripted. So when you guys set us up to do a scene, you know, Kenya would walk past me and say, I'm about to blow your fucking head off. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, and I, I really love that. You know what I'm saying? And after after she got me on camera, you know, I just looked at her and give her like, oh, you got me, nigga. I can't wait to get you back. You know what I'm saying? So to me, that shit was fun. It was more fun for me than anything else. And I understand, you know, like um, I just opened Bar One on Memorial Drive, um, the new brand. And, uh, you know, people would watch a show and people that I don't know, you know, every day I would hear my name them a hundred times a day. So those people would translate to be uh, customers in my location. And I see it. You know what I'm saying? I got it. And a lot of them didn't get it. I don't think my my ex-wife got it at the time, you know. And, you know, every year these girls, nobody, they don't have no guaranteed con- contract that they're coming back. So every year they would sit around and wait to see if they get that, that email. You know what I'm saying? And Cynthia used to sit around like, you know, like, am I going to get called back? And I used to laugh watching her damn near bite her nails if she's coming back. I said, yo, there's nobody like me and you in this show. We're coming back. Stop, stop stressing. You know what I'm saying? And it, it worked. You know what I'm saying? Would she pay you to appear on the show sometimes, like to tape scenes? No, well, you know, like, you know, everybody, they have their glam squad and they, their stylist, their hair and makeup people, you know. And, you know, I I used to take 15%. Whatever, whenever the check comes in, I'll take 15% because I had to keep my shit up also. And, you know, the time that I was giving to you guys was actually taking away time from my business. So our agreement was that I would take 15% after we pay all our household bills. All right, Peter, you deserved every penny because you were fantastic. And the beauty of those seasons is the relationship that you formed with Greg Leagues. And obviously, Greg is no longer with us. And you and I obviously have personal conversations about his last days. Can you share with the audience about what those last moments you had with Greg? And is it true that you were with Greg when he had his last breath? No, that's not true. Nene called me and let me know that it's not going to be here long. And he was asking to see me. And I flew from Miami to Atlanta. When I went into the house and they walked me into his bedroom where he was on the bed. Guy was like 90 pounds. And everybody knew he was standing 300 at, at all times that I knew him. And he didn't even look the same. He, like, he just looked, he looked different. I thought I was looking at a little East Indian man. You know what I'm saying? Look like he's straight out of East India, like Bangladesh. That's how he looked laying on the bed. And while I was there, they actually thought he was dying that day. And I dragged Apollo to come with me. 
So we, both of us went in the room and he held my hand. And he, he actually held my hand for around 45 minutes. And the whole time I'm like, oh my God, I hope you don't take this lap right holding my hands. That would fuck with me for my life. You know what I'm saying? So I'm there with him and, you know, they said, Greg Peter is here. Uh, and he kind of looked over at me because he couldn't really move. His muscles, they weren't really working. And he's like, he smiled. I was there with him and I was just there and Nene was there the whole time rubbing his feet. You know what I'm saying? Because he liked the way they feels. In his bedroom, the, the blinds was there, so they couldn't close the blinds because a lot of times he's looking outside because he's seeing real life outside. You know what I'm saying? That's when you know somebody's definitely not going to be here. So after uh, an hour of us being in the room, you know, like people keep on saying different things to him. And he was trying to say something, and Nini went over to hear what he's saying. And he's like, uh, she said, Peter's trying to tell you something. So I leaned over to him and I said, yo, Peter, look out for my wife. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's dying, and he's thinking about Nini. Like, he's probably not going to even be here 10 more minutes. He doesn't know that. And when he said that to me, that just, it, it, I just broke apart. I fell apart. It just it was just crazy to me. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you, you kind of put yourself in those moments and what, how brave you're going to be in those moments, knowing that you're dying and you might not see tomorrow. You know, so it was crazy. You know, when I left there, I'm like, I'm never going back. And three days later, he passed. Obviously, when he said look out for his wife, you know, it's been said publicly that you introduced Nene to her new boyfriend. Was that part of your commitment to making sure that you listen to Greg? No, actually, you know, like, Yanni is a very stylish guy. He's very, he has a very charismatic personality. I know him because he lives in Charlotte. Um, my, I had the hot spot in Charlotte for several years. So every weekend I would see like Yanni and all his African friends would come and we all stay in the back of sports one. And when you put on Afro beats, you know, we just have a lot of fun. Reggae and Afro beats, we'll just wild out. And I, I really love that guy. And then, you know, like, I love his style. And then he become my stylist. He started, I started buying all my suits from him, all my custom suits from him, custom shirts from him. And I never had a bad moment with him. I didn't know that him and Nene, wow, because he opened up in Atlanta, a store in Atlanta. And, you know, like, all them Africans move on certain sets. So I didn't know that him and Nene had crossed paths. But he asked me, um, what do I think about it? I said, she's my sister. She's great. You know what I'm saying? But they already met. I didn't introduce them. Oh, so that's not so. They already met. Yeah. He just, he, oh, gotcha. Okay. Because the word on the street is that you introduced them together. She didn't ask me about him. She knows that he was my friend. You know what I'm saying? He's from Charlotte, you know, but I, I think that's all she know. You know what I'm saying? And she's the one who said, Peter, everybody's telling the story on the streets that everybody's saying that you uh, put uh, Yanni and myself together. And I said, yeah, I keep on hearing that. Everybody's talking about it. I said, oh, the only thing I did was endorse that, like, he is my friend, and I'm the common denominator between both of them, you know? So they would ask me things about each other. Is he the type of guy that you think Greg would appreciate that she moved on with? Greg wants Nina to be happy, you know? Um, Yanni is the perfect person for for her because he makes her constantly laugh and he's ambitious you know what i'm saying and he's, he's far from being s stupid he's, he's extremely bright and international you know and and that's what she needs she needs 
she needs range. She needs to be around someone that's that's just not in one tunnel, you know. Uh, and I think that's what she probably love about him, and and he love how crazy she is. Stay tuned for more of my conversation with Peter. We'll be right back after this quick break. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into my conversation with Peter. So, obviously, you and Greg had this amazing relationship up until his passing. When Todd came on the show, you, Todd, Apollo, and Greg, you guys had this beautiful friendship and this beautiful relationship. And then, obviously, Apollo went to jail, and things sort of transpired between, you know, Candy Phaedra that obviously affected the husbands. Yeah. So, word on the street is that you, Apollo, and Todd almost got into a fight at an Atlanta nightclub? Is that true? Um, yeah. I don't know about uh, Apollo and uh, Todd, but I remember I was at a club called Whiskey Mistress in Buckhead. And, you know, Apollo just came home. You know, when he went to jail. He was in jail for six years. Okay, we were still doing the show. So when he came home, it's like time started again for him on the outside. So when he came out, he, 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 that's where he left off and that's where he began. And I was trying to... Uh, uh, explained to Todd that, you know, listen, that's where he left off. And he's only speaking from his perspective. You know what I'm saying? I don't have no reason to have no beef with either one of them, but I understand the mentality of where he left off and where he began. You know what I'm saying? And when Todd see me, like, he kind of like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, what the fuck? What's that about? You know what I'm saying? So, like, I went up to talk to him and his people was kind of like, gathering around like but none of that didn't matter i tell him yo dog i don't have no beef with you you know what i'm saying but you got to respect this man what he's saying you, you know and you and him got to talk that out and todd was kind of mad he's a, he's, a, he's a cat from the bronx he's kind of mad that apollo probably didn't call him direct to talk to him but he was talking to anybody that would listen and I understand why Todd was mad, but what the fuck they got to do with me? Because I'm rolling with Apollo. So when y'all when they all saw each other, it was you, Todd, and Apollo together. I think Apollo was in in the joint that night, but I, I didn't like the way Todd was coming at me because I personally didn't do nothing. But uh, you know, you we New Yorkers, so he's rolling with all these dudes from the Bronx and whoever he was rolling with, and he feel like I was rolling with Apollo, so he didn't have nothing for me, and 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 words was exchanged and. We were up in each other's face. Y'all were up in each other's faces? Yeah, definitely. In the club, definitely, where people have to separate us. You know what I'm saying? Because we're both men. You know what I'm saying? We're not, neither one of us was backing down. I was ready to go. How is your relationship like now with him? I, I saw I saw Todd in, in, in Vegas. Okay, we stand in the same hotel. So a couple of times that you have to go down that same little corridor, pass, show your, your, your room key to get to the elevator. Seen him there once. Then one night I came in around four in the morning and it was just him there. I'm like, oh shit, awkward. You know what I'm saying? So when I saw him, I just gave him the head thing. He gave me back the head thing. I got one on the elevator and that was it. I don't know, beef with Todd. Some footage leaked, Peter, of some Potomac housewives at Bar One Miami. And it appeared that Miss Mia. 
threw something and chaos happened and Wendy was involved. What can you say to us about what occurred in Miami at your bar with those Potomac ladies? Well, um, in short, liquid was thrown in somebody's face. Somebody threw a glass at somebody. A bunch of shit went down. All right. We can't wait until this new season of Potomac. So let me ask you this. Yeah. What is your relationship like now with Cynthia? Do y'all talk? Yeah, I was kind of mad at her when she was trying to sue me for something that actually belonged to me. She tried to sue you for what? For the property that I have, some dirt that we had bought. We had had, did an agreement that uh, I was going to buy a portion from her. Because the the restaurant was going to do on on said property never developed to anything. Uh, we lost like around $800,000 on that deal, but the property was still ours. So I don't know where she came up with the idea to form a lawsuit without even telling me that she was. You know, so when I saw it, everybody was saying, since you're suing you for a property or for money, I'm like, what are you talking about? And of course, I went back to the blog and I saw it. Uh, so I sent, uh, I, I, I think a couple of hundred thousand dollars to my attorney trust fund. And I said, you get in touch with her and work this shit out because I'm not giving it to her. Because when I said that, it's before we got a divorce. And then when we got a divorce, I basically said, I'm not going to, even though my attorney and everybody said that, yo, you know, you carried on the show for years and she wouldn't have all this money if it wasn't for you. You need to get 50%. I'd call up Wanda Williams and she let me went on her show and, and said that I was walking and I wasn't taking anything from this divorce. But since you know that that was said, after, you know, a year before I said I was going to pay her back for that property. So I just called her up and said, yo, you know, you know, you walked and I didn't take anything. I didn't even take the furniture that I bought in the fucking house. I said for you to sell the house and keep all the money. I just didn't want another nigga to come and experience our dream in the house that we got together. You know what I'm saying? That shit is foul to me. When people split up, they should truly start over. You know, and I said, I'm going to have my lawyer send you $100,000 and you drop this lawsuit. And he sent it $100,000 to work out the deal. And the lawsuit was dropped. I kept the property. Wow. I talk to her every now and then. I mean, like every now and then, like if if if, if I see something and, and I think that she need a phone call, I would like, yo, how you doing? You good? And, you know, and I could hear it in her voice. I know her pretty well. Well, it looks like you're very happy. So... My last question for you is, can we get you back on TV, Peter? We miss you. We love you. You're a legend in our eyes. When can we see you back on TV, Peter Thomas? I'll walk on on your DMV show, my man. <laughs> but me doing a show, I know how time-consuming those things are. And my restaurants are actually doing extremely well. You know what I'm saying? So me taking away time from, from my restaurant to do a show, it has to be a show that I want to do. Baby, when I say to you guys, I love me some Peter Thomas. If y'all think I'm messy, then imagine what I think of Peter, who's also messy. But no, all jokes aside, he spilled so much tea. I had no idea about half of the stuff we talked about. But that's why he, to me, will always be the greatest house husband of all time. Because no one does it like Peter Thomas. Many have tried, but all have failed. Thoughts, opinions, reads about my conversation with Peter? Email me at realitywiththeking at stitcher.com or leave me a voicemail 
at 310-593-8188. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. New episodes drop every Wednesday and Friday. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Tweet me your thoughts and hot takes about this episode using the hashtag RealityWithTheKing. Reality with the King is a production of Borsos by Stitcher. It is executive produced by me, Carlos King, and Jasmine Henley-Brown. We are also produced by Sierra Spragley-Ricks. LaPortia Thomas was the associate producer on today's episode. Engineering and music by Marcus Ham. More sauce.